This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. I'm Lynn Ponton of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen, inviting you to listen to a podcast, Unmask, two therapists talking about psychological issues during the time of COVID. Please join us on in-depth conversations about COVID issues during this very challenging time. Thanks for tuning in. Hello. Uh, this is Lynn of uh, Lynn and Jen. Uh, let's talk about sex. And today we're in our very last uh, episode of the Unmask, the subsection, uh, Unmask dealing with COVID. And uh, Jen and I today, hopefully, and uh, our two other participants, Soy and Valerie, the four therapists, we're going to be talking about dealing with symptoms of uh, depression and COVID, and really finishing off our thoughts about COVID. Um, So how's everyone doing? I'm doing good, Lynn. So this is Jen talking, and I'm excited to be here. I mean, this whole process with COVID has been so long, and I think we are finally, finally seeing some hope at the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. And Talking about anxiety last time got us thinking about some of the other experiences that the ways that people cope that we had talked about, but also how maybe COVID itself is playing into some of these symptoms. And so today we decided to wrap it up with talking about depression. Yeah, thanks for having me back, everyone. This is Soy, and I, as much of an introvert as I am, am also excited about these mask mandates and things going away and looking forward to seeing how everyone, including myself, adjusts to the to the new world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, this is Valerie, so thanks for having me again, you guys. And I'm excited to see the ways that we are able to find happiness and joy post-COVID. Um, really letting ourselves have fun and appreciating life. There's so many positive things coming out from everyone about this because COVID's been a really pretty challenging time, I think, for all of us over these years. And I, you know, talked a couple times ago about having COVID. I still have some respiratory symptoms. And I think my contribution to the depression discussion has been I've been depressed that I've had these symptoms and the COVID (laughs) aggravated the asthma that I've had long term. So I think learning how to cope with that, get a lot of good medical care, acknowledge that that probably is what happened. And really, it, it even affected my ability to work with patients in that I couldn't talk longer than about a half hour without starting to cough and wheeze a bit. So uh, it's really been acknowledging kind of the legacy of COVID and so that I can go forward more effectively with all of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing about your experience with it, because I think it'll be really helpful for the listeners to hear from somebody who's been through it. And I think as therapists, we provide kind of a different perspective than a lot of what is out there currently being talked about where it is focused on like, are, do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? Do we get vaccinated? Do we not? We're here talking about the psychological components of going through all these changes. Yeah, you know, this is, uh, we're talking a little bit, you know, pre pre recording about uh, how some of us have been coping with things around COVID and during COVID. Um, and some have, I think, been some folks have been coping better than others. And it makes me wonder how those who haven't really been coping well during COVID is going there, how they're going to adjust once these mandates have changed. Um, in particular, I have a client who really had a hard time during COVID. Um, they're definitely more of like an extroverted person. So not being able to travel, first of all, not being able to see their friends or make new friends, which was really important to them, really put a almost was debilitating, I think, for them, because they were trying to, you know, go out and get better in shape and um, have more structure, but they just really couldn't. It was really hard for them because they needed that, like, uh, connection with other people. As I think the mandates have been lifting and getting better and other people feel better about coming out too, I think this, you know, this client of mine has felt more comfortable being able to pursue more of the things that they want to do in life, but it's still an adjustment. And yeah, I've just... I'm curious to see how it's going to work out for folks like that. For myself, though, you know, I am really struggling to want to go back, though I have already been because this was much easier for me to adjust to. And so it's like, it's almost like nothing really changed. But yeah, curious to see how it's going to work out for everybody. You were talking too earlier, Soy, about one of your clients and just some of their struggles with COVID. One of your patients who you thought had struggled really the most with it. And how is that person kind of making their way through it at this point? Yeah, so this client um, just recently moved jobs and they're very excited and happy for it. But it almost feels like they're going back to a lifestyle pre-COVID as if like life had just stopped in between, which was, which is actually really interesting. Like they're falling back into old patterns. And I don't know if that's, you know, going to be helpful for them or not yet, because it's just, it's still so new. But that was a very, that's kind of an interesting observation. I noticed this this person also just has a lot of anxieties around health. And I don't know yet how that's impacting them. But something I think, I don't know, to watch for to see if that changes at all. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else has experienced that with their clients. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. I've kind of seen a bit of that with all of them is that as we're moving to the end of COVID and in the Bay Area, it's very diminished at this point in time, the incidence of COVID. So many are, you know, falling back into the way they were living without COVID or before COVID and not having picked up the new skills that we really worked on for the two years during this period and the changes. So I think the trick is partly how to help ourselves and other people really learn from this COVID period and go forward. 
because a lot of my patients are kind of like, okay, COVID's over. Now I'm back in the airplane, you know, six times a month and I'm totally exhausted and I need to use substances. And, you know, that's a fallback into something that really wasn't working to begin with. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This makes me wonder if that's the reason why folks who didn't adjust well tended to use more, what I noticed, tended to use more maybe like unhealthy coping strategies during COVID because they just couldn't adjust and it was harder for them. And now they're just going right back (laughs) to something maybe just a little healthier, but like still not really working. Yeah, I think what's been interesting for me is really seeing the full range of how people cope, right? Like, I think a lot of times people think about coping and they think, oh, it looks like this. But when you work with a lot of people going through the same thing, you know, like a pandemic, you see like, oh, this person is going in this direction and this person is going in that direction. And what struck me as really interesting was sort of the clients that were getting better from depression that I was working with, they very quickly kind of like fell back into their depression. But another thing that struck me was I had like clients who had been doing really well. And then they realized that they were falling into this kind of mental space where they felt like they were back in their depression, but they didn't feel actually depressed. And so it was like a strange space we were talking about. And so it brought up actually how like depression is like a very internal experience, but also impacted by the environment, right? Because one of the things that came up was like, well, when my clients were depressed, what did they do? They stayed at home, they stayed in bed, they couldn't go out. And so a lot of the things that they were doing to like cope in a healthy way from the pandemic, they were staying home, they weren't going out, all these things. It it like internally, it was like their their brain was trying to make sense of like, wait, are we depressed? Because we're like doing all the things that we do when we're depressed, but like I don't actually feel depressed. So it was like a very internally confusing experience for a lot of them to be like, I don't think I'm depressed, but like I also like could be depressed. And like this is very confusing. And so it got me thinking about kind of functionally, kind of tying into what we talked about in the last episode. What if depression in some ways, kind of in the beginning, the healthy area of coping kind of buys you some time to step back and pause and just like not be so overwhelmed by everything that's going on, right? I notice a lot of my clients who are very high in anxiety, they kind of hit a point where like they almost the anxiety feels unmanageable, they can't get on with their lives, and they just kind of plunge down into depression. And it allows them to go into this kind of like robot mode where they are able to like, functionally do what has to be done. But then they come home and just like crash and And then they get stuck in the depression, though. And then that's when I think a lot of the like negative thoughts, what am I doing? What is the point of this? The like hopelessness come in. But I see there is kind of like this period of depressive symptoms that can kind of give people a respite from just being like overwhelmed all the time. I mean, that definitely resonates with me. Um, So I'm not a therapist yet, so I don't have patients that I can uh, think about or refer to, but I can think about myself. 
and how I have been in my depression, you know, when I was at my worst, it was a lot of not leaving the house, a lot of being in bed and watching shows. And that's what COVID was. But the mindset was different because I didn't, I like psychologically, I feel I'm in a better place because mm-hmm. I had treatment for my depression, but then getting back into a habit of no, like I actually can't leave the house. Like I actually have to stay home. I have to work from home sort of was confusing. And I think I did sort of pick up maybe more bad habits. Like I did smoke a lot more weed, I think, but to me, I would get creative and I would journal. And so it, it felt a little productive, but also at the same time, I know that counts as like using more substances technically. So it really was just a, a very confusing time. I think coping looks really different for everyone. So yeah, I think I think, I think what you're talking about, Valerie, a lot of people did that. They used the structures and coping strategies they had available. Yeah. And there are different ones to everyone. So a lot of people really spent time in their rooms, time alone, time without others. You always talk about it, uh, soy, alone time. <laughs> like it. And some of us love alone time. Uh, I'm less that way, but I was, in getting COVID, I was forced to spend alone time. So actually, I had a lot of alone time, and that was an interesting experience for me. But we've got all these people we're working with that were alone a lot for whatever reason. And now they're going back into the world. And it's not so easy. That's what I see for anyone, really. Yeah, I mean, speaking from personal experience, I think for me, like in order to be able to still be present for my clients at the beginning of the pandemic, I think I did kind of go into this sort of I don't know, I'm going to call it like a functional depression zone almost, right? Where it's like I was kind of numb to my own experience of panic and what was going on in order to be able to like serve the people I was with. But as soon as I got off talking with them, like I would just want to sleep all the time, which is really what happens for me when I get depressed is like my energy is just so drained that I just want to like sleep all the time. And I think, you know, if luckily I have a lifestyle where I can do that for myself, but like a lot of people don't have that option and it really impacts our day-to-day living. And I think it can be challenging too, because as with all mental illnesses, people can't see really what's going on inside of you. So they just wonder like, what's wrong with you? Like, why aren't you wanting to hang out? Or, you know, I think the way that people engage with it is hard too, because when you're depressed, you, at least for me being an extrovert, like I want company, but like the idea of reaching out to somebody just like feels like so much energy. And so you end up in this situation where it's like, okay, I do want to be with people, but I don't want to like reach out to be with people. And then you get into this like headspace of like, oh, I know I should do this, but I'm not doing this. And I think what I realized as I was reflecting on my experiences with it is like, I'm very used to being a person who is very like inspiration driven. I'm very like desire driven. Like I want this. It seems interesting. Like, let me go be curious and do all these things. And when I'm depressed, like none of that is available to me. And so I get into this very, like, I have to will myself through everything. And I'm not familiar with that. And so having to like rely on my willpower for some of these really basic things was just super exhausting. And I think that's part of like why I was so tired all the time. It was just like all this mental energy. 
I don't know this if you actually know this is um, I'm so glad you said this, Jen, because this is reminding me of a couple of things. One is there's this term languishing that Adam Grant and her organizational psychologist came up with. And it was something about like, uh, what does he say here? It's a sense of stagnation and emptiness, like you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield. And it's not depression. It's not about feeling hopeless. It's, it's like something like joylessness and aimlessness. And that's what, you know, I think might, I wonder if that's what makes the mind feel confused. Like it doesn't feel like depression, but I'm just not feeling motivated by things. Um, I don't feel tired. I just feel blah. And, you know, I wonder how many people were able to distinguish if they didn't know this term, right? Like it's not depression, but I still feel. uh. Um, The other thing that I'm thinking about, Jen, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but like there was this concept that you were talking about, about like this strong willed introvert, and there's like kind of a I don't remember how you were just it was so much more better the way that you described it. <laughs> but I remember resonating with that very deeply because I'm definitely more of like a strong-willed inter, inter, introvert mm-hmm. and what, what what helped me to do things is just my willpower and that's what keeps me going it's not like what's the outcome it's just I have this will to do this thing so that's what and I wonder if that's also the reason why I was able to get through the pandemic a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that definitely could make sense. I, I I use that framework, but I've changed it so much now. I don't remember like exactly what I said to you at that time. But I do I do still stand by what Soy's referring to is like in the work that I have done with people, I realize that, you know, I do think there is a big division between introversion and extroversion. But I realize that even among introverts and extroverts, there seems to be kind of a division there, right? So there's sort of the the more sensitive kind of emotionally sensitive, I would say, introverts can be more focused on like comfort and wanting to keep the peace and like wanting everybody to get along. And then there's sort of the more kind of logically rational kind of introvert that is like, well, this is what should be done. This is how things should be. These are the rules to follow. And I've found that come up a lot in terms of uh, the way people cope with the rules around or the like, not rules per se, but I guess the the lack of clear rules around COVID and things like that, right? And so this applies for extroverts too, but we were talking about introverts in this case. And so I think it it's interesting because it brings up sort of like people have different intrinsic motivations and different intrinsic motivators. And so I wonder if maybe part of like what got me in more of a depressed space is I rely on people a lot as that kind of like energy boost, like the client you were talking about, right? So being suddenly like cut off from all these people also could be why like my energy just kind of like dissipated entirely. I think that's true for a lot of uh, my clients that they really were cut off from the social parts of work, family, everything. And that provides a lot of energy and keeps a lot of people out of depression. You know, when we were talking about this before we recorded, people, all of us brought up the social part being a big thing that keeps us from not being depressed. So I think people fell into languishing, your word, soy, when they're really (laughs) a lot of social interactions. There really aren't. And it just, it leads to that state 
The only other thing I'd add, and everybody I've worked with has had COVID. I've worked with a lot of people who've had it and had it myself. Um, the physical part of having COVID is like <laughs> languishing, not having social interaction. It's everything combined, you know, with that. So it's, and more. So it really pulls you down into a depression, you know, because you've got to protect yourself and others and you're in that state and you don't have the energy to even initiate social stuff were it to be there you know, or the willpower. Yeah. So a lot happens with the physical state of COVID, you know, and, and a number of people are getting it. They're around us. We see that. And we're forced to not have social interaction. So it's been a time where I think a lot of people have experienced something on the spectrum of depression. Really quickly, even when you are hanging out with people and it's supposed to be joyful and fun and refreshing, a, you, there's a sense of I shouldn't be doing this because I could be spreading COVID. My one job as a person is to stay six feet away from everyone and wear my mask. And so it, it thing that sustains you, these social interactions, but now it's sort of backwards where it's like you shouldn't be around people, you know? So it's like mm-hmm. you can't no matter what, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's such a good point to add in in all of it is like the topsy turvy way of like, wait, like this is a good thing for me, but like now doing this is putting other people at risk. So like, maybe this isn't a good thing. The other thing that I was going to bring up too, is like what I noticed going back to the kind of introvert extrovert thing is I noticed like for extroverts that I work with, what, what plunges them into a depression is the absence of like connection and, and, you know, like the social connections and sometimes just physical activity. But for my introverted clients, what plunges them into the depression is actually an overwhelm from like other people's expectations of them. So the constant, like, why aren't you calling me? Or like, why aren't we hanging out all the time? Or like, we should be in this room all the time together. Let's watch a movie for five hours. Things like that are for my clients that were that were introverted were the things that were like stressing them out and then draining them. So, so I thought it was really interesting kind of the way it plays out because each person is kind of doing what is helpful or like what they think will be helpful for them. But assuming that the person you're with automatically like has the same expectations or has the same way of coping. I thought that was just really fascinating to like see so evidently because everybody was going through it at the same time. Well, this is maybe a way to say goodbye to COVID. COVID's still going to be with us, (laughs) you know, in a way it's kind of going along. We're learning to live with it really. Yeah. merged into our lives. And, you know, and uh, also, I think, pointing out, there's so many different ways to live with it and carry it on. And, you know, there all of us experience some of these things, a lot of us depression, you know, but there's a lot of other individual responses to this and how we'll recover from it as people and as a group. Yeah, I think to be able to wrap up too on a a joyful note is I think sometimes, you know, in this space when you're alone, whether by choice or not, it is also an opportunity to reflect on things. And so when we reflect on things, we can start thinking about like, what are some of the things that bring us joy? Or what have I learned from this experience? Or like, what have we learned is important, right? I think we talked about this in a couple episodes back, but the grief that's involved, realizing kind of the passage of time, the importance of 
what actually matters in our life versus the things we spend a lot of energy on that like maybe aren't that important. I think also realizing, you know, it isn't just always the big things that we have to have in our lives to bring us joy, but these little things like these conversations that we share, being able to share a meal with people, being able to read a book that you love, all these things actually do make a big difference in our lives. Well, maybe then to end it uh, with the whole series and thank uh, all, all of you really for participating and our listeners uh, too, for really listening and that living through this period of COVID. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Come on. Let's